0: here on this edition of silver and black today an odyssey original podcast available to subscribe by the way anywhere you get your audio just search silver and black today we love the free odyssey app by the way if you get the odyssey app you can only listen to our show listen to all the other nfl podcasts that we offer here you know the ones behind us in the ratings no i'm just kidding Uh, all good folks (laughs) Uh, and we, we do, we work together. We're all one big team. So it's all good. I just joke around like that. But anyway, you can find it there on the Odyssey app. You can find it on Apple. We appreciate the iTunes five-star ratings when you get there and, uh, wherever you get your audio to including the Amazon Alexa. That's what, that's what I like to do is run around the house and yell it and it just pops up. So anyway, you can get it there. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for the subscription and hitting the notifications bell and watching the show. Okay, Mo, uh, your work this week, you put out a piece on sports, not, about three trade options for the Raiders post-June 1st. Plenty of needs here for the team. And so when you did this piece, first of all, walk through your list uh, and tell people kind of going into writing this, what was your premise? Were you focusing on specific positions, or were you looking at just maybe the best available players available via trade? What was your kind of criteria as you wrote the piece?
1: So first I'm going to say I'm going to start off sound like a broken record, but the Raiders need help at every level of their defense, all three levels. (laughs) Defensive line, linebacker, secondary, right? So we understand that. Now, what I did do, which took some time, was I just looked through the league and just kind of who could be on the outs with their football team and is a decent football player? Not someone who's washed up in 35 and near close to retirement. Not someone who's not quite developed yet and can't wouldn't be able to hold up in a starting role yet but guys who are either in their prime entering their prime or maybe on the back end of their prime but still in their prime years where they can produce at a high level and looking through the rosters there are plenty of guys out there who have these bloated contracts and usually what happens is a guy gets cut and people are surprised oh my god how could you you know how could they cut such and such this happened with Mm -hmm. deandre hopkins uh, you know a week ago Arizona Carlos cut DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of people thought that he would be traded. His contract made it difficult for that team to move on because they, they didn't want to eat part of his contract or hold part of his contract in 2024. They wanted to basically move on. So when you have a player, even a good player on a bloated contract, sometimes you have to part ways via trade. And if teams aren't willing to take that contract, then you just have to release them outright. So I looked at a lot of guys who were in that category and I called them trade candidates and, do they fit with the Raiders? That was the other thing. It's not just a good player. Okay, good player, plug him in. He has to be able to fit what the Raiders are doing. Yeah.
0: And w- let's start with the first player mode because this addresses, remember, Phil Robinson, Phil with 1L, Robinson the third, was on the last show and he talked about this position. You and I have talked about this position now for a year and a half. Uh, linebacker. And that happens to be the guy that no one else in this country that covers the NFL has beaten the drum more. For this guy to be a Raider than you, and that, of course, <laughs> is the Baltimore Ravens linebacker, Patrick Queen. Talk about him, the fit there, and the fact of why he's expendable in Baltimore.
1: The fit is, is to me, is is fine. Let's just remember the Raiders hired the former defensive line coach in Baltimore. Yep. Now, I know that's a different position group. I know defensive line linebacker different, but they they work in coordination with each other. He's familiar with Patrick Queen. So I think if he comes over and Patrick Queen is able to come over, I think it it could work, especially with the Raiders just basically needing someone who can cover the middle of the field. Patrick Queen can do that. I know he had two rough years to start out, but last year he really really came along. I, I would say he was one of the most improved players across the league because of his production over 100 tackles i believe he had five sacks so you can use them on blitz because he has the speed to do that if you remember him at his combine he was one of the most athletic linebackers that mm-hmm. in his combine class and i think the raiders that's what the raiders are missing is an athletic linebacker who can stand the fill all three downs and, and, and cover the pass and i think he can do that he could also help out Naren, as i just said he could also be a supplement to the pass rush so he could do it all and I think with his contract being under $4 million, the Raiders wouldn't have to spend much to acquire him. They wouldn't have to let go of a guy. They wouldn't have to do much to absorb his contract. He's on the cheap. He's not asking for a new deal yet. Now, if he has a pretty good 2023, then he'll probably ask for a raise. But for right now, the Raiders can get him on the cheap. And why could he be out in Baltimore? Simply because the Raiders, the Ravens. <laughs> excuse me, drafted Trenton Simpson in the third round. They paid Roquan Smith a five-year, $100 million extension, Roquan. so they're not going to pay big money for two linebackers. The 49ers are the only team in the NFL that are paying two linebackers over $8 million. Incredible. So you would understand that if if they're looking long-term, and I'm talking about the Ravens, they're saying Roquan Smith is obviously our guy, Trenton Smith is eventually going to be our guy next to Roquan, and this is why Patrick Queen is on the way out, probably. Yep.
0: And, and again, I support you in that one 100%. And you talked about it, the need at every level of the defense. And don't want to be too much of a spoiler, but that's what your piece does. It goes through every level of the defense. Mm-hmm. We talked about linebacker first, but the next player plays up front and happens to be one of Raider Nation's favorite non-Raiders yep. for a good reason. Tell everybody who that is.
1: Leonard Williams. Uh, <laughs> let's go back me- to remember lane for a quick minute. I remember covering the Reds in 2015. It was a big draft year. The Reds had the fourth overall pick. And the big discussion was, is it Amari Cooper or yeah. is it Leonard Williams? And some people even wanted Kevin White. Now, we know Kevin White had some injury issues. His career didn't really pan out well, but I would say looking back, the Rays made the right decision. Amari Cooper became a multi time pro bowler Mm -hmm. and had some pretty good years with the Rays before it fell apart and Gruden traded him off to Dallas Cowboys. But back to Leonard Williams, he grew up a Raider fan. He said he loves the codes, loves the tradition. When he uh, spoke before, I believe it was at the combine. 2015. the combine yeah. he and he said he would you know he would love to play for a race who he, he said he wants to go number one overall but if he slips to the raiders he'd be fine with that of course as i just said uh the raiders passed on him for cooper and he went to the jets so he's been in my backyard for his whole career he played for the jets and then he got moved to the giants so i've watched a lot of leonard williams so if anyone <laughs> knows how leonard williams can impact the defensive line it's me he still has it in against the run he had a peak year under Patrick Graham in 2020. We had 11 and a half sacks and 42 pressures. Yeah. Got a big contract after that. Now his, his production tapered off a little bit, but the Giants defense as a whole struggled in 2021. He still had a solid year. Yeah. And then last year he had knee and a neck injury, which derailed him for about, cost him about five games. So before people say, oh, he's injury prone now, let's remember he's not 30 yet. He's going to be 29 in June. Still young. And before last year, he only missed one football game before last year getting hurt he only missed one game so let's not tag him as the injury point player let's yeah. I, I think he's still in his prime and he can still contribute in a big way
0: and the other point to make there, most to your point about the injuries kind of not being necessarily systemic of an injury issue instead just kind of happening uh you don't know what the price will be if the price you know the price might not be that high it might be high, it might not, depending on, on what the Giants think they can get. So I would have no problem with the Raiders if it's, if it's some draft compensation down the line to get him or even a player, a second-tier player, and a draft compensation to get him over. I'll take that risk any day.
1: And that leads to my point about why he could be out with the Giants. His contract, he, his cap number in 2023 is $32.3 Now, the Giants are probably not going to keep him at that cop number. If the Raiders were to acquire him, they're not going to keep him at that cop number. He understands he's going to have to restructure his deal. He's restructured his deal each of the last two years already. Yeah, So he understands he's due for another restructuring of his contract. So whether he stays with the Giants or goes to another team, he's probably going to be on board with that. And why would he not want to be on board with a guy he played his best football under in Patrick Graham? So I think him coming over to the Raiders, him having that growing up and wanting to play for the Raiders – it just adds that extra feel to it. But of course, it's all about the production of the field. And, and he's one of those guys that can stay on the field for about 60 to 65% of the snaps in Patrick Grand's multiple systems. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Yes. Now, Mo, the other side of this, or I should say the one area of the defense we haven't addressed yet from your piece is the back end of the defense. And this one was an interesting one. I had not thought about him. So when I read your piece, I was like, oh, look at Mo. Look at him. Midtown Mo (laughs) pulling one out of the back pocket. Kevin a safety for the Titans. We know the Raiders need safety help. I know a lot of fans love Trayvon Morg from two years ago. He regressed significantly last year, and, and there's uncertainty on whether or not he's going to be able to recover a uh, different type of safety. But you look at Bayard, talk about why he's a good fit in that Graham system and his kind of the short, the short story of his career and why he might be expendable out in Nashville.
1: I remember Kevin Byard coming out of Middle Tennessee, and uh, Deion Sanders didn't know who Kevin Byard was, and at the time <laughs> Kevin Byard, I believe, had one of his best seasons and he didn't know who Byard was and, and people had to tell him, like, look, he's one of the best safeties in the league right now. I know he's a third-round pick, but he he blossomed into one of the Top ball hawks in the league. Over the last two years, Byard has had nine interceptions. In comparison, the Raiders have had 12 in the past two seasons. <laughs> so he's had three quarters of what the Raiders have had in interceptions since 2021. So that tells you what automatically he brings to the back end of that defense. The Raiders have struggled to force turnovers and get takeaways. He can automatically do that. Two time all pro, two time pro bowler, maybe on the outs in Tennessee because the Tennessee Titans, they have a new GM in Rand Carthon who comes over from San Francisco. Approach him about taking the pay cut. He refused to take a pay cut. So now the Titans, mm. the ball's in their court. Do they want to keep him at that cap number, which is, I believe, a little over 19 million, or do they trade him? I don't think they're going to cut a two-time all-pro player. Somebody's going to want to step up and 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 take advantage and get him in their in their defense. But I think the Raiders should be interested. The thing is, with that cap number that Kevin Byron has, he doesn't want to take a pay cut. Maybe you can restructure him and move things around so that he gets his money and you have your cap space, but he's not taking a pay cut. So the Rays are going to have to give up a player probably to get him. And I offered up Hunter Renfro because Hunter Renfro's cap number is about a little over 13 million. The Rays could save 11.3 million if they trade him after June 1. And let's remember (laughs) Hunter Renfro's role is going to be diluted. No matter what you say, I love, you know, you can love Hunter Renfro and think he's a great player and a fan favorite. His role is going to be diminished in the upcoming season. Yeah. They drafted a slot receiver. They signed a couple of slot receivers, one of whom Jacoby Myers is make is gonna make three years and 33 million on his contract, eleven million a year. He's gonna have a big role. So why would you pay Hunter Renfro on that big salary that extension you gave him when you're gonna diminish his role when you can flip him for an all a two time all pro safety? A big need, a big who's need. gonna which is a big need, and he's gonna be on the field for 95 99 percent of the snaps. I think it's a good trade for the Rays. They're probably gonna have to add a draft pick in there. Because, again, you, you are talking about a two-time All-Pro in his prime right. versus a, a wide receiver coming off his worst injury-riddled season.
0: But in one fell swoop, and this is why I was so impressed with you pulling that name out of your back pocket with Bayard, is you solve that you solve that issue. You know, God willing, he doesn't get injured or something, knock on wood. You solve that issue for years to come, so you don't have to deal with it anymore. And like right. you said, you're pretty much swapping out contracts uh and and if he plays well you might even give him a new one um and extend the money there in future years so you have cap space as well i mean that that makes all the sense in the world
1: and if you're a titans fan you know i solved two problems for you you know if your gm doesn't want to pay kevin byard Raiders will take him off Mm -hmm. your hands the other thing is the titans have a big need at wide receiver they never recover from the aj brown trade they don't have one receiver they don't have one pass catcher on their roster who has 50 catches or 500 yards in the season Hunter Renfro passed those numbers as a rookie. As a rookie,
0: yeah. (laughs) So he
1: would automatically be their best wide receiver. So I I could see why the Titans would be interested in a Hunter Renfro, especially Mm -hmm. with Ryan Tannehill on shaky ground. He's going to want wide receivers there in Tennessee this year. So Hunter Renfro can help him out.
0: Yes. We'll we'll send our friend Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, who's down there in Nashville. We'll send him over to take care of that. So there you go. All right. So that's awesome. You answered the Renfro question as well. We'll have to see how it all pans out as we – Uh, Hit June 1st today, so we got one more day until this stuff could start going down, the post-June 1st trades, uh, and what we see between now and camp. All right, we're going to cut out for our last break here on Silver and Black today, the Thursday edition. When we come back, Chucky's back. Yes, John Gruden. We're going to talk about kind of the return of John Gruden, and he went to see an old friend and to help an old friend. We'll talk about that when Mo and I come back here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere.